Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music. For all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com/newsadfree. That's amazon.com/newsadfree to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Guardian. The New South Wales average mortgage now is $800,000, which... Oh, my God, really? Yes. You only have to add, like, a full percentage point, Mm. and you are paying $1,000 a month extra. And the market is currently pricing in three percentage points in a year. Hello, lovely people of podcasts. We're on the other side of the election, and you're on Australian politics. I'm Catherine Murphy, and with me are my two favourite Gen X jokers, Oh, who else could they be? Wow. <laughs> Labelled. I know. <laughs> so millennial. I haven't even introduced you yet. Uh, I have Shane Wright from the Nine Newspapers, Senior Economics. Well, we do this every episode. We do. But my job yesterday was to explain to somebody about Tony Basil. And Jesus. Melissa Etheridge. But I will don't save pick, these vignettes say, for later on. Don't pick too stories. early. I won't pick early, but they were great Shane Wright. <laughs> Writes about the economy for the nine for the nine newspapers. That is mm. that is his Went job. Went forced to. Went forced to. Greg yeah. Jericho, wonderful Greg Jericho from Guardian Australia, and these days also with the Australia Institute, mm-hmm. where he has a sort of proper job. Yes. Yes. God, how good lord! Do you have to wear a flag on your back, saying because it's the Australia Institute. No, I'm just, I'm just the, been wondering. The, like, no, I think you're branding. misunderstanding the the kind of organisation. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's sort it's of not like first Australia Institute. No, it's, or... it's, it's, it's the Australia Institute, <laughs> though. It's yeah, sort it's of like uh, you know how Canadians, well, how Americans mm. wear patches. About anyway, yeah, let's yeah. let's not yes. divert. Okay, so look, I'm sorry. This is a chaotic <laughs> opening, even more than usual. If you are an Australian politics regular, you will know that uh, Shane and Greg and I get together to talk about the economy periodically, mostly because every sort of six weeks or so, I say, "Oh my God, I've lost the thread of the economy." I need mm. to bring my mates in. So some cross-stitching and just... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we come together, we talk about the economy. Uh, but we're, we're actually not going to start there. We're going to get there. <laughs> so this you is... promise and oh, then undeliver. Oh, God. This, oh, seriously, no this, no is, this seriously is the most chaotic episode we've ever done. Anyway, and we're only two minutes in. No, we are getting to the economy. But first of all, I, I mentioned when I said hello that we are on the other side of the election. <laughs> I just, uh, knowing that everybody listening to this show followed the election very closely and are very interested in the outcome, I'm going to start there. Shane, did we get the result on Saturday night that you expected? Well, in our betting market, I had UAP at 86, but I did have a... But I did have a second option, which was Labor somewhere between 76, 78, which is pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, But because... I actually did think the Teals would 
would make ground. Uh-huh. I did warn uh, a fellow uh, reporter who was talking about, say, Josh Frydenberg and said, oh, do you think that he can, he'll go? And I said, if there is a swing on, a good local member, yeah, a good goes bloke, out, goes as out a lot of people tide. talk about, will yeah. go. And that yeah. that's what happens. And over the, all the years, and you and I have got, look, uh, we're, we're measured in Methuselah years here, that there are a lot of good MPs who have lost their seats mm-hmm. over elections going back to the start. That's yep. just what happens. Mm-hmm. And ones who shouldn't get re-elected do get elected, but we reflect poorly on those uh, voters in those seats. Mm-hmm. But so that so the Teal surprise didn't surprise and what went on in Western Australia didn't surprise me. Did you think it would be at that level, four seats? Four, no. Tangney, look, Tangney had been talked about and more, so there's something, because my former life writing yes. for West Australia. Yes, yes. We had picked up that there was something going on in Tangney and the local Liberal MP, Ben Morton, decided to spend all his time on a plane. It's just extraordinary. And the, the feedback from the West Australian Libs is he didn't. He thought he had it. And there's your first mistake is just underestimating your opposition. The opposition, Sam Lim, apart from being a dolphin trainer, which is still the best. the best. Yeah, it is. We've never had a dolphin trainer. How many languages? Well, someone explained to me he speaks 10 human languages and and dolphin. dolphin. And fluent dolphin. Fluent dolphin. So this is a guy who apparently wore out five pairs of shoes door knocking, Mm -hmm. but his job before running for parliament was as a COVID not police, but explain to people in different languages the, what's going on around COVID. Yep. So that's that's his stomping ground. So he was in the face of everyone in Tangney. Tangney, for those who aren't from WA, it is, it's a bit like Higgins. Yeah. Beautiful spot on the Swan River, mm-hmm. uh, on the southern side of the river. That area had swung really heavily to Mark McGowan at the last election. So you go, like, it's believable. And yeah. Yeah. like Moore, which was a really safe seat as well, Northern suburbs of Perth, it's partly the uh, Bible Belt. Yep. It takes in the Bible Belt. of uh, There's two Bible Belts in Perth. This is the more conservative, more upmarket one. Huge swing there as well. And you look, there were big falls. So what happened in Perth, not a surprise. Surprise, yeah. You think Boothby, yep. And so that actually got you very quickly into the mid-70s for Labor and what happened to the Liberal Party just no appearance, you worship. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Just just quickly before I throw to Greg, I'll just explain, just in case you don't know who Ben Morton is, I reckon most people listening will, but just in case you don't know who he is, he was a, a Liberal minister and he was... Former a, a West Australian Liberal Secretary. Party State Secretary yep. who had overseen a, a very large election victory. Yes, indeed, and, and very close to Scott Morrison. In fact, disconcertingly physically similar to Scott Morrison. Yeah, not dissimilar. No, very no. quite. Anyway, Ben spent the entire campaign on the plane with Scott Morrison and lost his seat. Greg, what did what do you think about Saturday night? I can't say I was predicting it to the accuracy of, of Shane. I knew all along South Australia and Western Australia were going to be bad just from friends back home in South Australia were, you know, the vibe was pretty still pretty good after the election and you just knew Western Australia was going to be a horror show. And that was pretty clear by the fact that Scott Morrison was there on the last day of the campaign, which no Liberal leader ever wants to be in Western Australia on the last day of the campaign. It's yep. a long way from anywhere, anywhere, yep. which was a pretty bad sign. And it was a case of, I, I, I think like a lot of people had a bit of 2019 PTSD where I just didn't trust myself for perhaps as much as I 
Should have because it, I thought it was a terrible campaign for the Liberal Party. I thought they were reactive most of the time, um, even if it was reacting to gaffes such as they were by Albanese. It was always a reaction and I thought it just went to complete futz. <laughs> um, in two or three weeks out when he started arguing for a real wage cut for those on minimum wage, regardless of whether you think it's inflationary or not. That was just an extraordinary thing for someone to be arguing. And also suggesting regarding ICAC that, hey, maybe more corruption's not that bad, you know. Mm. And then to top it all off, when he, as soon as he came out and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I can change, that was just warning signs. You, you don't say that if things are going well internally with mm. the polling. And so with the, a few days to go, you know, a lot of people, of course, were asking me about it, thinking I have some inner knowledge. And I'll, pretty much my only comment was if Labor can't win it from here, they might as well disband and start a new party because everything seemed to be pointing for a win. But I didn't expect as many independents. I was, I was certainly thinking Goldstein and Kuyong and probably... Wentworth, but I didn't see, um, um, oh, what's uh, Bronwyn McKellar. McKellar. McKellar, I didn't see that happening Jason in Zalinski, a few. Yeah. 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 And certainly I, I had had people talking about the Greens up in Brisbane because I do have a few friends in the Greens party and they were very bullish about it. But uh, I was kind of wondering if it's a little bit like in South Australia with the seat of Sturt that Labor always keep saying we're well, a chance to win and it always seems to be, mm. well, mm. they were a chance but they don't quite get there. Mm. But, heck, they're all getting close to it now. So I wasn't shocked but I was not um, calm in my sort of views of what the result was going to be that, that night because, uh, you know, I think just 2019 blinded me, although mm. I think we all forgotten that 2019, even the polls were closer than they were this time and we... It actually wasn't that much of a shock if you actually were paying attention. As I know, mm. Murphy, were you were sort of putting out the word that uh, things are going pretty bad, mm. <laughs> and uh, whereas this time all the pretty bad things were on the liberal side. I th- I thought I thought it was a, just a horror campaign for them. Mm. It's um, interesting, isn't it? Okay, so we need to get to the economy, uh, which is still with us, and because uh, I just haven't had these guys on for a while, really, which is unusual for us, just because we've been so focused on the campaign and unloved, 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 cancelled. That's right, cancelled. I can't get to talk or get my word across to anyone. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, yes, the economy. Let's talk about it because you know it's it's a bit of a thing. I think it's fair to say the economy is a bit of a thing. Greg touched a bit on it, which was the I, – I agree with him. The the wages thing, mm-hmm. I think, was yeah, let's really, start there. was really yep. important because – and I think the political reporters, particularly at my end of the gallery, didn't see it the same way as going, oh, this is – Unbelievable! Not understanding that the Fair Work Commission, for instance, has given above <laughs> above yes. inflation yeah. Uh, yeah. wage rises over the last three years, and inflation hasn't broken out. Yeah, and yeah, that- it was pretty. Some of the analysis, some of the analysis was pretty circa nineteen eighty five to you know two thousand in terms of the mindset. Yeah, mm. that's right. I agree. Mm-hmm. And even nineteen twenty three Germany. <laughs> See, we no, but we have the benefit. We're coming yes. back to Shane. Don't lose your thought. I haven't lost um, it. You know, we we have. If you're a regular listener, you'll know the three of us because of our 
age have have struggled through the low inflation period, mm-hmm. right? This is cognitive dissonance for is. us, right? Oh, that's weird. Um, so it's sort of uh, perhaps we were, you know, perhaps we were better armed for, mm. you know, mm. the fact the world's moved than perhaps some others who, you know, not dipping in as frequently. Anyway, Shane, finish your yeah. thought. Yeah. Yeah. No, so you, you got to that point of arguing, right, the way that uh, Morrison went so hard. Now, I'm going to say at the start in the, my first week back in the office from my January break, I wrote a piece saying this is a cost of living election. Yep. Mm-hmm. And everything is through that lens that, like, the RBA and Treasury have underestimated what, what was going on in, in terms of inflation, and you, but you could see that in the figures of everything that was coming through, that there's a, a lot of money around and people are buying, but they're having to pay more. Yeah. And I think it helps us being the regular grocery shopper in our house. True. To know mm-hmm. what's going yeah. on. No, that's true. So yeah. that my starting point for this whole election campaign has been it is a cost of living, and you can see... Say Morrison talk, he always talked about, say, the price of electricity, which was the one thing, good on him, could talk about, yep, the price of electricity has come down. The problem is electricity is not the only thing that people buy. Yes. And they don't buy it as regularly as they're buying their bread, their milk. Mm. The price of beef has gone up 20% in the last uh, two or three years Mm. because of what's going on in there. Sorry for the vegan listeners amongst the Guardian crowd. Although vegetables <laughs> and fruit have also fruit and vegetables gone. gone. So that was my starting point. And so you get to this point two or three weeks into the campaign where one person says, I think wages should rise in line with inflation. Not startling by itself, but somehow it was from the political chattering class, it was, oh, my God, this is outrageous. Imagine. Ignoring what was had previously gone on. And then Morrison went into that in a really hard way. Yeah. And then you could see within days was having to yeah, backtrack. Yeah, massively. And so, that, yeah. so there's that. And, of course, what so there's that. The inflation figures, which came out, which just, con- just confirmed what everyone was feeling. Mm. Might have been a surprise to to Macquarie Street, uh, Martin Place, and also to Treasury, but it wasn't a surprise to anybody in the real world. Mm. RBA, which has been trying to put off, it did not want to lift interest rates from the campaign. campaign. Gets that figure, it sees what's going on around the world, says, oh, my Lord, guys and girls, we've got to go. Mm. And so, like, we have been talking, there's been all this chatter about, right, interest rates, extraordinarily low, fantastic, no big stretch to the economy, except everyone's, everyone's, everyone's the mortgaged off their dog, mm. cat and goldfish <laughs> to pay to get into a house. And that's where you've had a two, I think it's a two or three, $200,000 increase in the average mortgage yeah. in New South Wales in two years. Yeah. So point one on 200000 adds up to real dollars and cents pretty quickly. Yeah. So you had that and then you capped it off with the wage data that came out in the last week. And the government had always been focused on the unemployment figure and it undeniably good. If you believe that uh, the, the ABS is mixing up figures and unemployment is not low, go out and have a look. Like, honestly, every cafe is struggling to find Hmm. Yeah, businesses closing because they can't, they can't staff, do it. you know, and all get, the hours. And, and the Twitterati who says, oh, well, one hour of work. And you go, I got into a fight saying, sorry, we think there's a one in 1,000 Australians qualify under that definition. It's been the definition for un, un, for employment for about 45, 50 years. Yeah. That's not fiddling the numbers. Unemployment 
is really, really low. You can just look at the number of job ads that are out. Yeah. Like they are at oh, record sure. levels as well. Yeah. So the government focused on that, absolutely right to do so. But the problem was the day before, the pe- what people are getting paid for those jobs yes. is the issue. Yes. And I think that's – there is a reason why Ardern, Trudeau, Biden – uh, Macron had the same problems, Boris has the same problems, is that inflation in wages around the world, if they're in the wrong the wrong way, yeah. never good for an incumbent. No. I guess Scott Morrison was the incumbent when you've got inflation running far, far faster than wages. Yeah. Okay. So that's set the scene beautifully. I try. Greg, why don't we start by thinking about what the new Labor government may be able to do about any of these things? Oh, can I go back and set the seed and change <laughs> get the hard question? <laughs> it's it is really going to be tough, and um, by the time this comes out, uh, readers will be able to read my article on sort of all the massive, uh, unusual problems that the government is facing. Because every government always faces economic problems, but these ones are are unusual. We talk about, and this goes to things like the unemployment rate and businesses struggling. You know, we've got. Fewer people in the labour force age 15 to 34 than we did at the start of the pandemic. That was one of your best ever graphs. I was really impressed with that. Thank you. Well done. Yes. And it's something that it's going to lead to a lower unemployment rate, but it's it's kind of, in a sense, an unemployment rate that is perhaps lower than it would be purely because of a mathematical equation where you've got the denominator being lower than it normally would be. And it's something that's going to have to increase and will increase as the borders open, and that's going to have an impact on the unemployment rate, maybe increasing it, which it's going to be this weird thing for the government to have to deal with of, oh, we're actually getting back to kind of more normally. And yet it seems like if we're just looking at the unemployment rate as being perfectly the same as measuring the same things week in, month in, month out, it looks like things are getting worse and yet that mightn't be reflective. The cost of living is another thing that is really tough because so much of it is coming from overseas. So much of it is due to huge increases in prices and things, you know, things that we probably don't really care about because we don't actually purchase them ourselves, things like urea, which goes into fertiliser and, and aspects Well, we produce like a lot of urea. We do. Re- we <laughs> certainly we do, do it and we take a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that has increased, astron- doubled, you know, in a few months and purely because of what's happening in Ukraine. America, the consumption of goods in America, of durable goods, is off the charts compared to what you'd expect it to be. And that's increasing supply constraints and why you can't get stuff in from overseas and why you're having to pay more for things um, like cars even. All of these things are going to be tough to deal with and they're not going to be helped much or at least reduced much by an interest rate rise. Mm -hmm. But an interest rate rise is going to have an impact on inflation because it will have an impact on domestic demand, on our ability to do things, purely because... As Shane was talking about with mortgages, one of the, the problems with monetary policy is reducing it does help, does get more money out in the economy, but a lot of people just keep their mortgage rates the same and just kind of take the the bonus of, of getting more interest paid off. But when interest rates rise, you can't sort of say, oh, I'll 
pay you back later, bank. Um, no, you've got to raise him out. And there's a finite amount of money you have got, especially if, if wages are flat. And that means you spend less elsewhere. I just came back from a press conference with Jim Chalmers mm. where he did channel Michael Stipe in REM, ah. <laughs> where he said, everybody's going to hurt. Oh, hang on, hang on. You I just like want it? to record this for the record that we got, we got 19 minutes wow. in. Wow. And I went to the 90s. And you went <laughs> to automatic the 90s, for, that's true. Automatic for the people in the early 90s. Anyway, sorry, REM, love. Yeah. But yes. he did say, yeah, those interest rate rises and the, he wasn't afraid to say the RBA is saying there's going to be more through the rest of the year, yeah. which is that's exactly what they're mm. saying. Yeah. Those interest rates are going to build up fairly quickly. So if you are on the, which is what well, the New South Wales average mortgage now is $800,000, which... Oh, my God, really? I know. Yes. Yeah. And that, that is frightening. So if you add, Woof. you only have to add like a full percentage point mm. and you are paying $1,000 a month extra. And the market is currently pricing in oh. three percentage points in a year increase. Which, which is not going to happen. Which I don't think will happen because uh, the economy will be in recession. Have a recession. Mm. Yeah. So you won't need to raise it because the, That's re- right. the economy would be dead. But, but it, but it yeah. makes that point about mm. how diffi- how finely calibrating or cali- how difficult it is to calibrate these things. And yeah. cent- the 1991 recession was part, was largely driven by the Reserve Bank here yeah. taking interest rates to seven and a half. Go back to the US recession of eighty one, Paul Volcker took interest rates well above ten percent, about fifteen percent in the US, caused a recession. Yeah. Central banks do a great job in avoiding depressions and we don't talk about depressions like we did um, pre-World War Two, we just yeah. we don't get them, mm. yeah. but well, we do get recessions. Well, we have, we have financial crises these days. <laughs> another another part of its, another world, that one, the financial crisis, oh, yeah. um, then a normal yeah. run-of-the-mill recession. Yeah. We don't normally get them, but central banks contributed to them mm. because they their job is to keep inflation at bay. And the only way they do it, lift interest rates. They're not even just lifting interest rates, they're going to be involved in quantitative tightening. Yes, I, I love how you knowingly nodded there. No, <laughs> no, well, well, we've been easing. We've been easing for yeah. yonks and now we have to go in the other yeah. direction. That's right. So that these are the well, – Greg is absolutely right talking about like this is an unusual situation and the other unusual situation is we're running a whopping big deficit. Yeah, huge deficit. Huge deficit. Yeah. Apart from the crazies who talk to me about one-hour unemployment – there's the other type, who the MMT types, oh. who have gone absolutely quiet when, like now, the MMT theory is why we should be increasing taxes yes. to yeah. deal with inflation. <laughs> yes. Hold on. Haven't heard that one in the since mm. uh, inflation got over 5%. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we're back sort of, you know, we're sort of back to the back to conditions that strangely, while the pressing are more recognisable to me than than this period. But of- it's also, I think, it's, it's you know, we think of the 1990s one. I mean, we don't have a situation of, I mean, that was certainly trying to decrease an asset boom, a massive asset, God, asset it almost, price. Boom. It almost killed Westpac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we've got a situation where, you know, unemployment, low, Inflation, okay, it's five point one percent, probably will go up. But even even with that, there is this sense that you know it it might not be an ongoing level of fight. You know, it'll come yeah. back down, yeah. and so it's a case of it really is going to be tricky times ahead for the government in terms of how much they're going to be spending and putting out into the economy, and also the Reserve Bank in terms of calibrating because. One of the problems, and this is where I do have a bit of sympathy for the Reserve Bank, is 
It is often one of those things where they'll raise interest rates and nothing seems to happen. They raise a bit more, nothing seems to happen, and they raise them. And everyone's like, "Oh, we've collapsed." Do you think? Well, why didn't you stop two interest yeah. rate rises yeah. ago? And it's like because you weren't. Nothing had changed yet, and yeah. it's yeah. it's very hard to stop before the cliff. Like obviously, we listened to every word that everybody said during the election campaign because you know, sadly, we are that that is our lot in life. Sad, sad. But because, like in my mind, obviously, I think Jim Chalmers, uh, who is the new treasurer, sort of spoke throughout the election campaign, sort of mapping this in the broad, right? That we've got all these complicated. Uh, dynamics to manage in the event that we get in, uh, you know, there's, there's the deficit, there's inflation, there's cost of living, there's this, that, the other thing. Petrol excise, my God, can you imagine what's going to happen when these, when the petrol excise returns to normal? You know, right. Do you think... I'm more, I'm more worried about the uh, lamington. Well, the super, uh, well, the no, super exactly. size lamington, which exactly. is going to hit... 3% tax cut yeah. for middle income earners. Which is yeah. going to hit from July 1. Yeah, and, and uh, that's a hell of a whack. That's inflationary. Yeah, exactly. By any measure. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right. But do you think the sort of voting public... Well, I mean, look, this is the ultimate crystal ball. It's almost not even worth asking, but let's have but some fun ahead, anyway. Right. No, the... do you think they've laid the ground enough, I suppose, or do you think that we'll sort of, you know, we'll get six months down the track to uh, the October budget um, and uh, and people will be going, hang on, like we elected you people to give us higher wages mm-hmm. and fix the cost of living crisis and all this sort of stuff, and you didn't tell us that it was all hard, even though they, sort of, they mm. pretty much did. What, what do we think about that? Tell me what the price of petrol will be on September 29, mm-hmm. which is the day after the excise comes off. Yeah. It goes back up and you'll hear all the complaints about that. But um, I think that's one issue. Yeah. The Fair Work Commission will have increased wages by then. Like that, that starts from July oh, yes. 1. Okay. So there will be yep. some income for those at the bottom end and they'll yep. start feeding through. Yeah. So that's another side of it. You get to the, let's say, that period, inflation may have peaked, although that mm-hmm. I'm not convinced. I th- I'm a bit more uh, hawkish than than the good grog. I think inflation's more, is, there's a lot of inflation domestically. Yeah. And there's the $260 billion that is sitting in people's bank accounts that they've saved through COVID. Yeah. That does give them the, the wherewithal to spend up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, the, the consumer confidence surveys that we've seen, and they were pointing also, all through, they fell, the, both of them, the ANZ weekly and the Westpac mm-hmm. monthly, they all fell really strongly through the election campaign and cost of living was the big issue for them in that space. But people's spending is maintaining, is, is still high, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's attitude and that's, I'm buying this, damn it, it's more expensive. So people have got the money to buy it, but they're just not happy with the price they're paying yes, for. Yes, yes. So whether those sort of tensions have ameliorated by October, who knows? Mm. That's it's a great unknown. And you could see it the way Chalmers and Katie Gallagher, the finance minister, are talking today. As every good economic team coming into office should do, mm. lay the groundwork for. Well, we've got to put the the fiscal hair shirt on. We've got to be tough. Mm. And we've got to make some tough decisions. So you can see they've lay laying the groundwork that hockey and Corman did when yes. they came to office, yes. or when Swan and Tanner came to office in two thousand and seven. Like those guys actually cut spending. 
Yeah. When they came to office, there were shouts from across the chamber, you're going to drive the country into recession, which they didn't. No. And you go back even further to Costello and Fay mm. coming in in 96, mm-hmm. same thing. Like that was Beasley's, like the, the, yeah, the, the budget, black hole. Black, budget black hole, mm. same thing. Mm. So that's what they're trying to do, whether that can resonate. And this goes back to the election. One of the interest, most amazing things is that Jim Chalmers was out and about all through the campaign, mm. not just when Albanese was in with COVID where he was doing a lot, but he travelled around, he was speaking quite often. Poor old Josh Frydenberg, yeah, trapped in Kuyong. Like it's, entirely it's, trapped in It's Kuyong. the name yeah. of a horror film, isn't it? Trapped in Kuyong or trapped in Q. <laughs> we, uh, we love you, Kuyong, if you're listening but, just by the way. But, you know, he yeah. was unable. Like He is a very good communicator and he was unable to do that. Like the fact that when they did their costing, Simon Birmingham had to fly from Canberra down to Melbourne to do it yeah. rather than yes, Treasury coming, coming here, here to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the sign how much trouble was he, he was in, but it also neutered him to a great extent. So focus then goes on to Morrison, yeah. which then makes it, like if people don't like him, that makes it more difficult to sell the entire government. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes. What do we think about the October budget? What do we think about that? I think it's a few months off. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, then- I think... Oh. What do we think about it? Well, they've constrained themselves by locking in the stage three tax cuts. cuts. Yes, um, OMG. I would have thought that uh, if they, that would have been ripe, I would have thought to at least delay and be able to sell that as, you know, until we can afford them. But it seems like they've... That ship sailed. That ship has sailed. It is going to be tough. I don't think there's going to be much of a honeymoon for this government, basically because... You know, it's not like the 2007 or 1983 or 1996 victory. Mm, it's a different um, victory. It's a different victory. Mm. They, I won't say they got there by default, but it was very much an anti-government victory. And as we've seen from, you know, even at state government levels, if you are not seen to be delivering, you can get turfed very quickly. Thank um, you, Campbell Newman. Yeah. yeah. So it will require some clever talk, but also I think some honest talk I don't think they're going to get the blame for interest rates, especially since we all know where they're going. But at a certain point, you take ownership of everything and that'll definitely be around October. Yeah. You generally might be given six months grace. People expect a Labor government to be, to deliver a Labor budget that has more spending on childcare education, services services and things Mm. like that. Mm. I think one thing that in terms, Shane's right, definitely right about the spending, what I think uh, Chalmers and Gallagher would be absolutely hoping will occur is that we get the rebalance back to services spending that has not been there. All of our spending is just going to goods, durable goods, and we're not spending as much on services. You know, the the number of jobs in accommodation and food and bedroom service are are lower than just about any other sort of segment of the economy compared to pre-pandemic periods, and that's purely because we're not back in that going out, going on holidays, going, doing things. We're not back to normal. We're still in the pandemic. Yeah. Mm. And uh, until that changes, it's going to be very hard to see inflation pressures come off because when you suddenly are spending, instead of spending you know, a third to 40% of your income on goods, you're spending 60 to 70%. That's causing an incredible amount of demand for 
goods. Stuff, tangible um, stuff. That yep. is kind of unreal in a way because we're just not acting like we normally should or normally mm. do. And until that changes back, which God knows when, but it's, you know, it's going to be very interesting. And, yeah, there's not going to be a return to surplus or anything in... Our lifetimes. Well, <laughs> no, no well, lifetimes, yeah. Well, Sorry. Who knows? No, I mean, this is the how, other thing. You, the when, other problem with the raising interest rates is, as Shane points out, it generally causes a recession. And what do you do when a recession occurs? You crank out the spending, which, you know... Been there. Yeah. What do you think, Shane? October budget, final thoughts? Looking forward to it. I love budgets. <laughs> first lie yeah. of the podcast. Well, first lie of the podcast. No, it's not. Flying <laughs> pigs. Uh, <laughs> the flying t- pigs tie the flying pigs. That's uh, true, actually. Socks. Shane has a, has a has an overwhelming enthusiasm for budgets. <laughs> That's, That's right. true. But as I, as I was explaining to my millennial new economics offsider about Tony Basil. Oh, yes. Right. <clears throat> what, this is the Tony Basil Did, did you have to spell it out and say it's Tony Well, I said I this was the issue. Do. One, she didn't know who Tony Basil well, was, and I said, right, no. Mickey. I said, yes. one of the biggest selling yeah. um, Signals. Uh, singles one-hit of wonders the of all time. Yeah. She said, oh, yeah. I said, right. But Tony Basil, I have her, her one and only album. This Tony Basil is a great choreographer, Yeah, all the rest. Anyway, her first album, her only album, she also released a song called Time After Time. Now, anyone oh. from the 80s mm. will go, hold Cindy on. Cindy Lauper, hang on. Completely different song. Oh, my gosh. Both time, time After Time. Like this is an early 80s electro pop sort of thing yeah. with a lot of synth oh. but with a bit of Tony sensibility oh about it. Oh, my God, this is like right up my alley. Why <laughs> it have I is not right up your alley. Yeah. I will send you send a link me. to yeah, it later on. Yeah. And, and, and Shane, uh, when this pops on Saturday, this episode pops on Saturday, Shane will also send a link out into the world. I will. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. then, and then two years later, Cindy Lauper, wins multiple Grammys with her She's So Unusual album and goes number one with Time After Time, completely different songs. So we had a budget in March 29. We did. March 29. The budget in October, same title, it'll say federal budget, 22-23, very different, very different. Like it, this won't be electro pop. This will be closer to the uh, the ballady yes. type version that Cindy uh, made famous for us all. Yes. So I find it'll be really interesting because I know already Treasury has has done is doing their briefings with the new Treasurer and said, oh, some of the things that we were assuming <laughs> back in March at the start of March when they were putting it together, mm. like they have downgraded productivity growth, for instance. I do know that for a fact. Yikes. So that changes a lot of the numbers. But the attitude changes it within Treasury because they've got, right, we've got two new people. Well, both of them actually know what they're on about because Katie Gallagher, former Chief Minister, yeah. and Jim Chalmers worked in the worked Swan in the Treasury's office through GFC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they've actually got two people go, right, they don't have to worry about the politics as much as the mm. pre-election budget because yes. it's filled, yes, it was filled with well, it was, election. It, it, was, an it elect- was a three-month budget. Yeah, three-month budget. Yeah. For five minutes, yeah. That yeah. you would put on a barbecue and it would taste great with applesauce. Yeah. This one will be very different. So the Tony Basil approach to the two budgets. Love it. <laughs> take, love that, take that to the bank, people. And yeah. Shane will share that link on his socials on Saturday, I absolutely promise. Thank you to you both. You know, it's been too long. 
It has been. So, so thank you both. Whatever his name is. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> who who so are you long. again? Sorry. No, no, no. It has been too long. Thank you to you guys for listening. Uh, I just reassure listeners, regulars, that uh, the Ask Us Anything format that we ran out mm. for the entire election campaign, which became a mini sensation in some astonishment for us, uh, we will continue those episodes as well as these chats, the long-form interviews I do and other things. I want to reassure you that those episodes are not going away because we had a blast with them and clearly you guys did too. So that's sensational. Uh, thank you as always to Miles Martignoni, who's the EP of this show. Thank you to you guys for listening. You know what you need to do, share, uh, write us a review, all that business. We'll be back next week. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.